We've uh, been studying Galatians, and the theme of Galatians is to stand firm in your freedom. I've never known a time in my life where I felt our freedoms are threatened as much as they are right now. It is, it is very stunning what has taken place in a, in a very short time. When COVID really broke out, I was in South Korea. I don't know if you all remember this. I, I had flown over there for a prayer conference. And South Korea went from like way down on the list to number three in COVID exposure behind the U.S. and China. And so they got us out of there as quick as they could. I made several posts at the time that I would have never dreamed would have came through. I talked about, what if they'll not allow us to congregate? You know, the Constitution says they can't forbid a lawful assembly. But what if that starts? And all these things that I said, not that I think I'm a prophet or anything, but it's actually frightened me how it came to pass. And so it, freedom is so precious. It's, it's all about our relationship with the Lord, but it also carries over into just the human soul. The human soul longs for freedom. And when there are restrictions on freedom, there is a sense of great loss. And so we need to be mindful, especially spiritually, because Satan, he's, he's very cunning. And he tries to get us to go back into bondage. We're, we're delivered out of the bondage of sin, but he'll try to get us in some other kind of bondage if he can't get us to sin. He'll, he'll give us in a bondage of legalism or something else. And so we've got to be mindful of the freedom we have in Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit we were uh, started last a couple weeks ago is the, is the fruit of faithfulness. This fruit of the Spirit is so important. We as Christians should be known by being people of our word. That people know when we say we're going to do something, we do it. That we're that kind of people. That's what faithfulness is all about. And so let's review the meaning of faithfulness. The word is in the Greek, pistis. And it means fidelity, trustworthiness, reliability, dependability, loyalty, and stability. It's a character quality whereby one is punctual in performing one's promises. Alliteration on the P, I love that. One is punctual in performing one's promises. Faithfulness means being conscientious in fulfilling one's commitments. And it's careful in preserving what is entrusted to one's care. So that kind of defines faithfulness for us. It's all about that we keep our promises. We're people of our word. It's, it's all about that we keep our commitments. When we say we're going to do something, we do it. And if we have to, if we can't do it, then we let people know that in advance. And certainly that we are good stewards of whatever is given to our care. I was raised with the idea that if you borrowed somebody's lawnmower or whatever, you took better care of it than if it was your own. They received it back in better shape than, they, than you borrowed it. That's, that's faithfulness. And that's what God calls us to be. Not just good stewards of a lawnmower but good stewards of our, our spiritual walk, our, our spiritual testimony. I, I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. When I was in college, there were, we heard that there were jobs available at the Sears warehouse downtown Dallas. And so we heard that, just, just mention you're from Christ for the Nations, the Bible college, and you should be able to get a job. So we went down there with a couple of friends of mine. The place was packed. There's all these people in this small room, over 100 people trying to get a job. And we were just, there's just massive people. And 
And the lady that was taking down names and telling people, you know, where to sit, she overheard, she said, Are, did you say you're from Christ for the Nations? And I said, yes. She goes, follow me. She took me in a side room and hired me on the spot. I didn't have to go through any of that investigation. And, she, and I, I was stunned. I said, why, why me? Why, why did you take me aside? She said, we have found that students from your college are faithful in their commitments. They're dependable. They're honest. They're hardworking. And so whenever we hear from one of them from your college, we hire them. And so what, isn't that a great reputation? Sometimes organizations have the opposite reputation. And I was, uh, one of my friends was working parking cars. That's what he was doing. This is at a different place, at a different college. And the owner of the, of the company was Mormon. And he kept trying to witness to him, but he said, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you may, you may be able to overcome my theology, but I have nine guys from my church that'll never steal tips from me. And there are people from your school that do. And so it, he wasn't arguing theology, it was about character. And what convinced him was not theology, it was character. And so we should be known as people of our word. We should be known, and it's a, it's a witness or it's a contrary witness. And so it denotes firmness, constancy, and unchangeableness of God in his relations with men, especially with his people. Letter B. Faithfulness comes from the word for faith, which means a belief or conviction of truth or reliability of someone. If, so to be faithful is you're full of this quality of faith, a belief, a conviction. The reason we're faithful is because we have faith in God. That's why we live it out in our lives. And we're going to see that faithfulness comes from God and he expresses it through us. In all of the fruit of the Spirit, we study what it means, where it comes from, and how it's supposed to be active in our life as well. So let's review the source of faithfulness, number two. First of all, letter A, faithfulness is an attribute of God. He is faithful. It's part of his nature and his character. Oh, that's nice cold water. Thank you, Jackie. Jackie is faithful in getting me water. Letter B, God is faithful to keep his promises. How many of you know if God said it, he's going to do it? Now, the timing may not be what we like. God sometimes promises things that don't happen for generations. But if God said it, at some point in God's word, he is going to do it. He keeps his promises. And, and in a world where people don't, it's so great to, have, to serve a God who does. And so... What's interesting is God is faithful to keep his promises, but it will require faith on our part to hold on to those promises, especially when it seems the opposite's happening in our life. So God is faithful to promise. We got to be faithful to hold on to the promise. And if God's got a call on your life, you've got to hold on to that calling. If God has promised you that your children or grandchildren who have gone astray are going to come back home, you got to hold on to that promise. See, this is a two-part role. God is faithful to keep that promise, but we have to be faithful to believe it and to hold on to it. This, this is the two-part. When God makes a promise, there are conditions often. And usually his promises are based on our obedience. 
God makes a promise. He told Israel, if you'll obey me, you'll, you'll have the greatest blessings of any nation on the planet. But if you disobey me, then instead of blessings, it will be curses. And so we have to understand this too. God will keep his promise if we will hold on to it and if we'll obey his word. You cannot separate obedience from the promises of God. His, he makes the promise. We have to be the ones to obey. Letter C, his faithfulness never ends. Continues through generations. That's what's amazing. When you're faithful, your kids are going to be blessed. Your grandkids are going to be blessed. Because God's faithful to the generations. And I love the contrast. He, he does say, yes, God does bring discipline. And a, a curse can go through two to three generations. He goes, but for a thousand generations, he's faithful to those who love him. So see that, that, that total balance in our favor that God blesses through a thousand generations. I want you to know that I am so glad to be, let's see, Grandma, Dad, I'm third generation Christian. I'm so grateful that I was raised in a Christian home, that I had loving parents that lived the gospel before me. And I know many of the blessings in my life came because of my parents and their faithfulness to God. And there were hard times. There were difficult times that we went through as family and, and crisis and tragedy. And yet, because of their faithfulness, I'm being blessed. And, I, and so, just know that his faithfulness never ends. Carries on. Letter D. He is faithful to forgive sin that is confessed. He's faithful and just to forgive us when we confess our sins. How many know there's no forgiveness without repentance? You can't have forgiveness unless you admit you've sinned. We can't be free. It's, it's like the... The old adage with Alcoholics Anonymous, you can't be free of alcohol until you admit you're an alcoholic. We have to acknowledge we're sinners and then we get grace. But we have to confess and repent. And if we do those things, then God is faithful to immediately forgive us. Don't you, aren't you glad your sins are forgiven? He holds them against us no more. You know, at the, at the judgment seat, at the great white throat judgment, sinners will be judged for their sins. Can you imagine every sin played back for the world to see? But for believers, our sins are gone. They're washed away. And we're only to stand before judgment for our works. But if, if nothing else, we can be grateful for God's faithfulness that we're forgiven. Letter E. God is faithful even in our temptations. And so not, a, not only is he faithful to forgive us, he's faithful to make us strong so we don't sin, to keep us from temptation. And, you know, I used to use that scripture a lot uh, when I was in high school, you know, that we've, every, we've been tempted in every way that's common to man. It's in Hebrews. And with the temptation, God will provide a way of escape. A lot of times I was hoping, God, when you, that, that way of escape... Can you send like angels and, you know, part the sea and let everybody see, you know, and, and that way I won't be tempted. And how many know a lot of the way, the, the way of escape is to say no, to walk away. God will provide a way out, but we've got to take it. And sometimes it's as simple as walking away. 
And so he's not only faithful when we sin, he's faithful to help us from sinning. He, he's faithful to help us in times of temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted, but that's the crossroads right there. The book of James talks about that. And uh, letter F, which is where I believe we left off. The Lord is faithful to strengthen and protect us. Let's go to letter G. Even if we are faithless, God remains faithful because he cannot deny his own nature. Now, I love this scripture. I want to read it from three different translations so we really get the, uh, the depth of the understanding because this is important. If we are faithless, God remains faithful. Now, think about this. If there, there was a husband and wife and one of them were unfaithful, sometimes the other spouse will in turn be unfaithful as payback or vengeance. I mean, no, we're unfaithful to God, but he is never unfaithful to us, even if we're unfaithful. And the reason God can never be unfaithful is because faithfulness is who he is. It's a part of his nature. Let's read these three scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.13 in the NIV. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. It's, it's who he is. He can't disown who he is. 2 Timothy 2.13 in the Amplified Bible. If we are faithless, and then it defines it, if we do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. So he can't disown his, his character of faithfulness, and he can't deny his character of faithfulness. And then in the New Living Translation, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for, can, for he cannot deny who he is. It's so good to know that even if we give up on God, he will never give up on us. And how many know that he's the prodigal father, prodigal son's father, who is always looking for his kids to come back? He's faithful. I, I think of the prodigal son's father, maybe every day he would go out and look down the trail, down the road. And that one day, when he, day after day after day, that one day he went to look for his son and there he was. That's how faithful God is to us. However, this is important, to the faithful, letter H, God shows himself to be faithful. So even if we're unfaithful, he, he remains faithful. But when we are faithful, he rewards us for that faithfulness. Look at 2 Samuel 2.26. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. Psalms 25.10. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. And so, yes, it's true. Even if we're unfaithful, God's still faithful to himself, to his character. But when we are faithful, he rewards us for that faithfulness. Number three. So we, we see what faithfulness means, that commitment, that stability, keeping our word. 
We know where faithfulness comes from. It comes from God. It doesn't come from ourselves. We have to learn it from God. Do you know how many times in the Bible it says, teach me your ways? I mean, no, we've got to learn to be faithful. We, and God is the best teacher. We have to, but we have to learn because by nature we're sinners. By nature we're unfaithful. And so we've been saved. We have a new nature and that new nature is to be faithful. And so God is faithful Therefore, so are his children. There are so many times my people will comment that my youngest, my oldest son looks just like me. And I think, poor kid. But he, he looks like a younger version of me. Why? Genetics. He's my son. In the same way, we're children of God. If we become Christians, we're sons and daughters of God. And so guess what? We should have those characteristics. And one of the characteristics my son has is great height. I passed that on to him. You know, I, I really tried. You know, Jolene's dad was over six feet tall, and she has a brother that's over six feet tall. I, you know, I kind of kept track of these things when I was at Bible college. Because my mom told me Bible college is like a sock factory. They only come out in pairs. So I was going to look for my argyle. My, my sweat sock, or no, no, that's not what I would call Jolene. Don't anybody repeat that. But when I went to, and I was thinking, okay, now if I marry this, this lady, she has some tall people in her family, we're going to overcome the dominant short genes. No, didn't matter. Those, those short genes are strong, bless God. And so my son, he is taller than me, but not by much. So, but maybe the next generation, bless God. Someday the lairs will be tall. And the twins, my son and his wife have twins. The boy is longer than the girl. So we're thinking this could be the generation that finally gets some height. So, so we are to carry on God's faithfulness. Number three, the practice of faithfulness, letter A. We are to be faithful in the serving the Lord only. In other words, no other gods. God is, he is a jealous God. He will have no other gods before him. And it, it's so sad because you hear God's heart in like Hosea, where he said, I, I chose you and I was faithful to you and you were unfaithful to me. And he said, even people who worship far, false gods are at least faithful to their false gods. But he said of Israel, you're, you've, you worship the one true God and you're unfaithful to him. And so look at Joshua 24, 14. Right as they were to enter, uh, take possession of the promised land. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's, that's where faithfulness is taught most, is in the home, isn't it? I mean, we, we know that 
kids pick up a lot of things at school and on TV, but the character qualities of God, they'll pick up in home, at home. And so, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's, the, that's our heart's cry. Letter B. Heaven is for those servants who exhibit goodness and faithfulness. Remember we studied the fruit of goodness? These are the two fruit that are mentioned for those that come into God's kingdom. Matthew 25, 21. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in your master's happiness. Not all of us can achieve worldly success. And too often we buy into worldly success as a measurement for spiritual success. I want you to understand God views success very differently than does this world. You know, I'm, I'm amazed that some of the richest men in the world still are unfaithful to their spouses. You know, they have everything. They have money, they have everything they could ever want. And yet, they will, they'll throw all that away, they'll betray that. But, and, and that's success? Is that what success is? It's the world's view of success. But many times the world's view of success will take away your success in the kingdom. And our desire is not to please this world or to please ourselves, but to please God. And anybody can do that. Do you realize not all of us can be successful? Not all of us can dunk a basketball. I will in heaven. But I have yet to be able to do that unless I've lowered the rim, which... You know, then I can dunk it. But one thing we can be successful at is serving the Lord. Anybody can. Anybody can be faithful. Anybody can become good. And those are the two character qualities God says to us as we come into heaven. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not successful, not rich, not famous. None of those those things, that's not what God's looking for. Goodness and faithfulness. And every one of us can be successful in doing that. And if we are, if, if you're just faithful in just a little thing, God magnifies it and makes us faithful in greater things. Let us see. Again, the Lord rewards his faithfulness, rewards faithfulness in us. 1 Samuel 26, 23, for the Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. That's when David encountered King Saul. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Now this is, this is kind of a, a paradox. Whoever wants to get rich will be punished. And the New Testament warns us the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So it's not wrong to be rich. It's wrong to want to be rich at all other costs. And so, what, so those that want to get rich, the Bible says, pierce themselves with many sorrows. But if you just want to be faithful, then God blesses in eternal wealth and even... In the, even in this life. Jesus said, I will bless you in this life and in the life to come. And so if we want to get rich, it's not going to work out or it will come at a price of our soul. But if we're content and faithful, 
then God may bring wealth as well. And I don't believe everybody's supposed to be rich. In fact, the greatest richness is things money can't buy, right? I mean, you know, having people that love you and relationships in your life that are priceless, peace of mind, exactly. You know how much people spend on that, trying to get that. And here's another promise, letter D, he protects those who are faithful. Psalms 97.10, let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Now we will be attacked, we will have enemies, but God loves to rescue us. Letter E, we are to be faithful in prayer. Another way we show our faithfulness is not just keeping our word, but having a prayer life. Look at Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The Bible has a lot of lists, like the nine fruit of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. I love these lists. And so, like Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, a man, what it is, what he, what he requires to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Another list. I like this list. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, which will help us be faithful in prayer. That's what will get us through that affliction, is our faithfulness in prayer. But letter F, we have to prove it. We have to prove ourselves faithful with small things before God can trust us with greater things. Too often we want to skip all that. But that's how we learn faithfulness, is through affliction and keeping our word and doing the right thing, even when it costs us. And so 1 Corinthians 4.2, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So if God has given us a trust, and he has given us all a trust at, at one level or another, we are to be faithful. And letter G, we're to be faithful even to the point of death. Revelation 2.10, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 13, 9. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. And so we learn to be faithful in this life because when things get really hard in the world, when we start going through the end times, how many know we're going to need to be faithful then? And the way we learn to be faithful then is to be faithful now. Let's pray. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Help us to be faithful, God. Because we can't even do it on ourselves. We need the spirit, the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. So Lord, I just pray you'd show us how to be faithful in small things, little responsibilities, so that you can make us faithful in greater things. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next week.